Hello, good evening. Welcome to the Small Council Podcast on Brooklyn Rebound Network. Uh, last episode I said good afternoon because it was afternoon then. And everyone listened to it then, I hope, because that was the king's decree. All right, I am the king of the pod, Drew. Today I'm saying good evening because now I'm commanding you to listen to it in the evening. If it's not evening and you want to listen, just pretend. You know, pretend it's dark out. If you live in, I don't know, Alaska or something, it might be light out at night, so that's fine. And uh, I'm getting off track already here, maybe because council's a little empty today. Typically, I've got a whole uh, staff in here, a whole council. Like, you know, you have your master of coin. Well, she's out trying to refill my coffers, get some gold out west. My master of whispers hasn't, she went on a secret mission, hasn't been seen in quite a while at this point. And my my normally very loyal hand of the king of the pod, Eric. Uh, unfortunately, we got in a little disagreement over the show Rick and Morty. Uh, he said it's not good, and I, I didn't like that because I think it is a good show. So I had to, I had to issue him a two-week suspension. He's out for two weeks, so uh, can't advise me on this, on what was a great episode of uh, Game of Thrones. Season 7, Episode 4, The Spoils of War. But luckily, I do still have my fairly new uh, master of ships in studio today in the cube in the council. Chris Greyjoy over here. Yes. How's it going, Chris Greyjoy? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just want to backtrack there. Uh, he said Rick and Morty was not a good show. Yeah, he, said, he, he apparently just watched it for the first time, like recently, even though it's wow. on season three now. So it's not good, and uh, yeah, I, can't, I just couldn't have that. I, basically, he's suspended two weeks, and he has to watch the whole rest of the show. Yeah, jeez. Well, it's not the Morty cast. It's, uh, it's a small council, so you right, did right. see the new episode, right? Yeah, I saw the new episode. I know you asked for uh, me to bring a gift, and well, because I think I I, if I were, you know, if I recall correctly, I thought you promised you would bring me that. Yeah, it was a bit of a, a cryptic message I gave you, and my gift to you was this past episode. Really, I hope you loved it. I did like the episode. I will say that off the bat, it was a good one. A lot of exciting action packed. A lot of people meeting that we hadn't seen be together in a scene for, you know, since season one, early on season one, yeah. some of them. But uh, I still am a little confused on, as to how this was a gift from you specifically. Well, because everyone got to watch it, right? Okay, I can explain. You may or may not have noticed uh, Noah Syndergaard was in the episode. I, you know, I didn't notice at the time. I, I think I'd heard something preseason that it was going to be a, a cameo or something, but uh, I saw a little screen cap of him after I watched the episode. Yeah, yeah so. Lannister Soldier. Yeah, you know, that's how you can tell, uh, as a huge Mets fan, I was involved in making this episode great. Really? Uh, you know, six degrees of separation type uh, So you're, you're positing, Chris Greyjoy, that because you're a supporter of the New York Metropolitan baseball team and because you're a supporter of Game of Thrones, the fact that those two met up together is tied back to you directly. And you really not can't even deny that evidence there. <laughs> right. Not only is it tied to you directly, but that's somehow a gift for me, who's not a fan of the team. Oh, absolutely. Okay. I mean, I, I want to see, like, that's, Francisco Lindor like, uh, in this show. That's my team, you know? Yeah, that was more so my signature. Okay. My, my little so uh, signature. fingerprint on there. Well, I don't know if that's acceptable enough for me. I'm still going to probably need to send you off after, after we... Uh, and the council here today and uh, send you off on your ships to, you know, I'm still waiting on that gold from out west for most of the fleet to be built up, but I know you've got your own personal ship and a couple others, so. Working on it. You might need to do something for me. We'll talk about that later. Let's recap the episode. So, well, I said I liked it a lot. I assume you did as well. Yeah, in my opinion, very close to being best episode of the series. Of the series, not just the season. Of the series. I'll probably want to do talk about the non-battle parts, then end with the battle. But first, though, real quick, with just the battle as a whole, that was your favorite battle of the series, or was like Hard Home you liked that more, or or the Battle of the Bastards last season? Battle of the Bastards uh, was topped it out. I think just out of uh, sheer you know storytelling in it, but this really gave it a run for its money. Okay, I enjoy that. Cool. I'm yeah, I'm still partial to the Hard Home episode. Um, that battle was... I think that's just because it was so unexpected to me at the time. This I could kind of see coming. Battle of the Bastards, obviously, I saw coming. I mean, that that one last year probably had 
some of the craziest fight sequences. But oh, there's, yeah. there's similar stuff in this one too. But um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to it. We'll build back up to it. All right, let's let's talk uh, where Daenerys started the episode. Let's get that out of the way before we saw her pop up later. But when she was still chilling in her homeland of Dragonstone, first of all, her and Masande got a little uh, got a little locker room talking. Yeah. Then she went down to a cave where John was uh, showing her what's up with this dragon glass. Yeah, a little date night, uh, date day type situation. Yeah. I gotta say, I was a little bit underwhelmed by the dragon glass presentation. Right, and and like there was those. Are you also talking about the kind of drawings that were on the wall? No, no, not even the drawings. I Just thought the drawings were cool. The dragon glass, like it, it was a little dark. It looked okay. like, you know, expected a little more magnificent-looking type thing. Uh, they kind of alluded that it was going to be really crazy, but I don't know. How would you feel about it? I, I guess that's a agree with you, because I honestly, I'm, I'm thinking about what the drawings looked like. I don't really hardly remember what the dragon glass looked like, so you're probably right. It was dark. And just, like, some crystal-type things. Well, it seemed the like the uh, score they were putting in, like, the music was, like, from Jurassic Park at that part. I thought of Jurassic Park, too. I feel like the, the composer, like, <laughs> stole directly from this. <laughs> Then so Danny's like, you know, I heard when you go into a cave with Jon Snow, it's it's yeah, gonna be it's good. And speaking of underwhelming, I think that's what happened with her when it was not the uh the normal Jon Snow cave behavior, but she just got shown these little uh, stick figure drawings. Yeah, yeah, he's the uh he works slow. That's right. You know, he learned to slow it down a bit, I guess. Hmm. Well, and he still won't bend that knee for any for any either one thing or the other. Yeah. I'm wondering at this point, why is he not just bending it? I think um, well, you can backtrack it to to some other things um, in the series where was it? It was him that said to uh, the wildling leader. Oh, Mance Raider. Right, do you remember this? When uh, uh, what did he say? He said, um, "Aren't their their lives worth more than your pride?" Or something along those lines. Oh, and then Daddy said the same thing to John. Right. Okay, that's interesting. I do, well, it's kind of this first, so he's pretty much in the same position Mance Raider was in. Oh, uh, Raider, right. Mance died, chose to be killed instead of bending the knee right, down right. to Stannis, but is it the same exact situation? Maybe it's a little different. It's a bit different, and also, I mean, it could be said, in my opinion, Maybe Danny's having a pride issue too. So I mean Yeah, I would say. You know, it could go both ways with this, but I think that the the writers of this wouldn't put that very similar line in. Um, no, that's true. That's reason. good that's a good call, Chris Grange. I, I didn't think of it yeah, I didn't pick up but now that you mentioned that does sound like the, the same yeah. line. So I do remember that now. Well, um so for old girl Danny not having a good day still. She didn't get the cave the, the cave treatment. That was what yeah. I heard about. Masande's uh, uh, getting more than her, you know. That's <laughs> yeah. you don't want your, you know. I mean, you're happy for Masande, but at the same time, you're like yeah, a little jelly. You're getting more than me. Come on now. <laughs> then I get more news. Uh, Tyrion done fucked up again. We took Casterly Rock, yeah. but uh, she's she's getting frustrated. And uh, yeah, she had a little outburst on the beach. She started asking John. Do you think this was smart of her to ask for John's help? And Davos is there too, so. Since he's technically an open rebellion to her, that's what she's considering at least, because she thinks she owns the North. You think it's smart to like in- include them in her council kind of here? I think uh, it's smart, yeah, because I think that they are pretty good council, especially when it comes to war-type decisions. It says a lot, though, that she decided to speak to Joan about it, you know? I think that uh, she does kind of have that gut feeling that you know, he's going to end up being of help to her. So right. I think that uh, it said a lot. Okay. Well, we'll, t- we'll get back to her later. But uh, still at Dragonstone, a couple of maybe a few scenes later, I don't know how much time is supposed to have passed, but Davos is not like, I want to get in on this on this locker room talk here. Let's oh, yeah. With John, who's not really having him much. But uh, he's like, yeah, I see you noticing that, yeah. all of that. Davos killing it this season. That's right, and then, he, and then he even threatened uh, jokingly to switch sides to uh, Danny's team when uh, <laughs> Masande came over to holler at him a bit. So, you know, he's just living it up in his life. But, I mean, his, oh, yeah. his family's done. 
Pressure's off him at this point. Well, he does still have a wife, I think, but he just doesn't clearly doesn't yeah, care about, about her. About. She's never been seen. At this point, <laughs> he's just glad that he's still alive. Yeah, he's, he's like, like living it. He's like, oh, I don't got the whole finger action, but you know, I heard I heard John what John did, so and Grayworm, so you know. I, I think yeah, I my think tongue's not cut out. As a person who probably would like panic under the situations most of the uh, kind of heroes of this show, you know, go through. I would probably want to be Davos mm-hmm. out of all the characters. He's he's in the right place with the right people, and uh, he's just got to just stay there. Right. That's and, it. and he started his career out as a smuggler, uh, famously. Is that how you started your naval career? Yeah, well, you know. Uh, Avoiding I, the battles or just sneaking around? Yeah, just kind of pirating mm-hmm. a couple of things here and there. <laughs> I don't know if this is good for my master of ships right here, but we'll, we'll look past <laughs> it for now. So, who, speaking of ships, who shows up on one but old Theon, no dick, Rachel? Oh, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of memes I saw online after this episode where, you know, we'll talk about him, but old Deccan Tarly was in this episode prominently. Oh, yeah. And uh, got a lot of mileage out of his name, but I saw, I don't know if you saw this meme that was all over where it shows Deccan, says his name, and then it says Dick Off and shows Theon. No, I didn't see that. That's great, though. So that was good. I laughed out loud at that one when I saw it the first time. But uh, Theon's... Man, this dude has probably the worst luck of anyone imaginable. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's another he's, one that's just like, how are you still alive? But, I know, uh, but, right. but uh, he wouldn't be still alive if he challenged Euron for his sister, but he, he jumped overboard, as we know. But uh, yeah. he's like, there's probably like a, a couple of people I definitely don't want to see on this beach right now. God damn it, there's one yeah. of them right there. Probably regretting his decision not Did to not want to run into Jon Snow, uh, who is... I don't think they... So they had, they, I think they had a little scene in episode one of the whole series. Technically, they're in the still in Winterfell, both in episode two, I think. But that was the last I don't know time if they, had they scene. met. Basically, yeah, like they, they're all together. Yeah, at the very beginning, that's it. That's the last time they met. Yeah. But uh, at this point, John knows some stuff. Well, he does know that he didn't really kill Bran, I guess, because Sam told him he saw him a while ago. Right. But he still obviously betrayed his family and everything. So oh yeah, 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 there's still that. And. Uh, what does he tell him? Only because of you kind of helped Sansa that that's the only reason I'm not yeah executing you. <laughs> Even though you just kind of stood around for a lot of other things and it ruined a lot. Yeah. You know, it's okay. Do you think John knows about the... He must, right, know about the uh, what happened at the end uh, vis-a-vis the uh, dick-off situation? The, uh, the situation with that, I don't know if he knows because, you know, Jon Snow knows nothing. I guess... We can't just assume that he knows little things here and there, mm-hmm. and that's a that's a pun. Little things. Okay. That was a pun with the the dick off. Right. I thought, but I thought Theon used to be a he used to have great prowess in that area. So. Yeah, he was a big fan of that uh, girl Roz. Right. And yeah. uh, the prostitute from Winterfell area. Yeah. Also, yeah, they were together in season one. So you said Theon's like not. He's lucky to still be alive, or how is he alive? But why, and the purpose of this show, why is he still alive? What are they going to do with this character? Uh, you know what? I think he's going to, besides, I don't really know, besides just saving his sister. Right. I think I mean, he's going to end up doing that. Thing left. So he said, he said he wants Daenerys to help him or to do that, but she's gone. But um, what is he, I mean, uh, how do you think this is literally going to happen? Like, how will he save her? I mean, his I, own men he's with don't even, which are really her men, I guess, but they don't respect him even or anything. Yeah, I'm thinking he's going to have to sneak in solo, kind of similar to how he got saved by his sister at one point. Well, she uh, tried to, at least. Yeah, yeah. but she, I don't think she was even solo for that, but he'll do it solo. No, she had her men, yeah. But where is she? I assume she's on the uh, Euron ship, locked up or whatever. Yeah, he's going to have to figure that one out maybe behind the scenes and we'll just kind of jump in on that and I wonder why is there any reason why Euron's keeping her alive even if he still has her alive which I assume he does yeah good question maybe maybe just for uh, some leverage in some way could be maybe for some holdouts of people from the Ironborn that still support her or something yeah to get them out of his I, I don't really know but he did say he wanted to kill both of them well Let's talk about that Winterfell then. A lot of action there this episode, right? Yeah. First, it starts with Littlefinger uh, whipping out that dagger to show Bran. 
like, hey, this is Luke Chai. Someone tried to kill you with this. Yeah, but it takes you back. It takes you back. And what bit. and what was he even thinking with this here, giving him this dagger? I honestly don't know. It made me think, like, for a, a long, hard time. I had to actually look into it again of what the story was with the dagger. We know uh, it was used to try to kill Bran, Catelyn Stark, stop this attack. Mm-hmm. She straight up uh, grabbed that blade. And then we were told... And then Summer jumped in and finished the job. Right, we were told by Littlefinger that it was Tyrion's. Or it was Tyrion's blade, at least, that he went yeah. from him, Baelish. Right. But Tyrion said, no, that's a lie, because I never... But he, Littlefinger claimed that he bet on Jamie to win a joust, and Tyrion bet against him, and that's how he won the dagger from Littlefinger. But Tyrion said, I, I would, that's not true, because I would never bet against my own brother. Right, but so in any case, it doesn't even matter what Littlefinger says to Bran, because Bran just kind of shut him down. Right, well, yeah, so... I, yeah, I still want to talk about this dagger story. It is very interesting, but yeah, the, the gist of that whole thing was, like, Bran shuts him down. He yeah, says, he like, quotes his chaos as a ladder, and then Littlefinger was... For the first time we've seen him all serious, he was legit shook. Like, what? Baffled. What? How? What? Because Littlefinger is like a good schemer, but he's never come across these supernatural kind of entities. Yeah, and it makes you think, uh, whatever it is going on with this dagger, does Bran just know all of it? That's true. We don't know what he knows. Yeah. But going further than the dagger, it is very baffling, right? Because, and and our, when, when Bran, so flash forward to you a little bit, Bran ends up giving the dagger to Arya. But she's saying, like, why would this cutthroat use this, like, fancy rich man's dagger? It's a Valyrian steel. That's something about the whole thing that never made sense either. What they say is a brand's like, a rich man wanted me dead or something. So fine, but even if it was the richest man ever that was uh, sending out these assassins, why would you send an assassin out with with a fancy blade like this? Wouldn't any normal cutthroat just use any blade that can't be traced? Like, this is like a... Yeah, it's definitely it's, makes nothing makes sense about this, you know. What I like about it is that there's a lot of mystery to it, yeah. and it's obviously going to need to be revealed. They yeah. wouldn't just bring this dagger back from season one, exactly, for no reason. Well, I'm wondering if there's even more. Maybe there's history before it was used to uh, try to kill Bran in season one. Maybe like did some old like Targaryen king on it before? Like where did it come from? Because Bran says like, do you know who used to own this? And Littlefinger says no. I, I'm assuming he's thinking it means who. Do you know? tried to kill me with this who yeah. wanted it and he's like oh it started the war but but maybe Bran actually meant like maybe someone else used to own it I don't yeah, know I'm a big believer on the Bran being Bran the Builder okay uh, Bran is like all Bran's yeah thing. he's you know been around and the, maybe that kind of ties into it like Bran tried to kill himself with it <laughs> maybe <laughs> or to start this whole like, chain of events just some, something weird that Bran did while staring into the distance yeah and speaking of that, uh, old, old Mira comes in to kind of say goodbye. She wants to go home, and uh, not really the uh, the goodbye speech she was looking for. Yeah, from well, just a uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. All right, now she's like, what? "Are you, you kidding me? I'm dragging your ass all around. My brother died for you." It was more like, a, all right, "I'm gonna go now," but like, "I'm ready for you to stop me." And then he was he was not stopping he's her. Like, oh, yeah. he's like, "Good job, you did all right, but uh, peace." Yeah, like, all right, yeah, this is a good time for you to go home, I guess. And she's like, well, you really just died in the in the cave back there. You're not yourself anymore, which I guess is true. Then, of course, Arya comes on up to Winterfell. It's a little like, yeah, I, mean, I don't know if it's supposed to be comedy or whatever it is with these the guards guarding the... Uh, come on, Sansa, get some better guards up here on this castle wall. Like, yeah, I like that scene. At the gate. But she gets in, obviously. The guards tell Sansa... We lost her, but Sans is like, oh, I know where she is, and she's in the crypt looking at the Ned statue. Yeah, reunion. That's right, reunion between the, the daughters and their father. Yeah. <laughs> also, I like at the gate, though, she was, like, asking for, like, these, like, she was throwing some old-ass names out here, like, these people have been dead for years, and she doesn't yeah. know, like, Maester Lewin and all this stuff. A lot of, like, season one tie-ins in this episode. Yeah, there's a ton, and, and they're basically saying, like, no one, the, the statue doesn't look like him that much, because... Which yeah. I didn't think was... It kind of looked like him, but... Uh, I, I thought that right after. I said, it looks really... Good enough, like man. Him. Come on. Same like the Wax Museum or whatever. Yeah, uh, I guess if you're the daughter of this guy, though, you're going to know the little intricacies. Yeah, but, but no one else knows... But, but like Sansa said, no one else is alive that knows what he looks like. Yeah, that's true. Besides them, I guess. And I'm still Brad. sad that he died, man. 
Yeah, it happened so long ago. Yeah. How long do you think it's supposed to be in the show? Because obviously it's been like five years for us watching the show from season or six years, I guess. From season one to season seven. It's got to be something close to that amount of time. It can't be five years or six years, though. It can't. I mean, it can't be, right? They're not... The, I mean, the, character, the actors are older. Like, Brad is look way different looking. Yeah, maybe... What do you think? Maybe, like, three years? I'm thinking at most three years. I don't know. Yeah, maybe around there, then. But who knows what they're... At. Now it's at an accelerated pace. But at least coming into this season, before the season started, I would say, like, three years at most. Yeah, maybe you're right. I'll say, I'll, say, uh, I'll say three and a half to four. Okay. I'm sure someone's documented it online, tried to figure it out or something. Oh, yeah. They know how many days. Not our purpose here, though. So a lot of Arya action here. What do you think about the Arya, the initial Arya-Sansa reunion? We did, I did, uh, we were taking bets last episode. Yeah. Will Sansa go three for three on the sibling hugs? She went, and, She uh, actually ended up going four for three. Because there was a double hug. Yeah, she, that's all right. Yeah. She gave the, they got the double hug. The first one was a little like, oh, it wasn't cold, but it was a little just like perfunctory. And then they really yeah. talked a little more and they got a real sister hug in there. But I, I think you and, and the Lord Hand both went uh, against it though. And I was the only one who said it will be. So you know pay what? up. I'm trying to think back of what I said. I think I said there would be a hug. I don't know. Maybe it was just uh, Eric that said no. But yeah. he was saying something like, um, the rule of three or something, but no, I don't know what he's trying to say, okay. some fancy Sometimes thing. Sometimes overthinking it. Right. Well, yeah. that's why he's, uh, I mean, that's not why he's suspended, but, you know, it's, it's certainly not it. helping. <laughs> he can think about that while he's on the, in the penalty Maybe box. Maybe grounds there. for a next suspension. Yeah, that's true. Well, I can't have an empty council, because, like, <laughs> like I alluded to, I'm, i i got to send you somewhere after this week, but... Anyway, so Arya and Sansa. Well, did you say what you really thought about it, though? I kind of interrupted you. Oh, um, I liked it. You know, they had to make it in a way kind of that same reunion that we've seen a couple of recently. But this one was a little bit better, especially knowing that the two actors for these characters are friends in real life. Right, good friends, yeah. So uh, that kind of added to it for me, I guess. But I think they did it well and they talked enough. It wasn't just kind of like a hug and then let's move on. Uh, they made a scene of it. Right. It was definitely weird seeing them together, these two characters together after yeah. so long. Um, yeah, Sansa, do I have to call you Lady Stark? And Sansa's like, yeah, you do, whatever. Yeah. But uh, Arya pretty quickly gets to her whole murder list. And then yeah, she, she got to throw that in there. <laughs> it's, like, it's like the person that like is like really proud of one thing or like loves talking about one thing, and they're always like trying to insert into every conversation. Yeah, yeah, they'll find a way to, to bring up the kill list. <laughs> but uh, Sansa didn't believe her, but then later, well then, I guess next is the Bran scene. Bran doesn't really uh, give give Arya much more than he gave Sansa in terms of, yeah. I mean, he's just a, a robot now, but um, but he proves to her as well, like he said he saw her at the crossroads or whatever. Yeah, what I enjoyed out of this was Sansa's reaction to seeing her family now, where it's, mm-hmm. you know, John is this king of the north. Arya is this crazy assassin. And then Bran is the three-eyed raven. Right. And just kind of, you know, sits and looks. Yeah, uh, San- yeah, like I said, poor Sansa. She never catches a break either. Not not much more breaks than Theon ever gets. And all her family's crazy as hell. Yeah, she's just like, oh, I got married. Uh, uh, no, never mind. I mean, John, of our three siblings, so Johnny's, well, we'll just say John's her sibling, even though we know he's technically not, but... Of those three that she has left, uh, John is the most normal one, and he's an undead zombie, basically. <laughs> and also, they didn't... I mean, I guess they just want to brush past this, because he was kind of a, not much of a character anyway, but I do feel like they should have told Arya that their other brother died as well, which I don't think she knows about. Yeah, I guess... Um, the youngest one, Rickon. Yeah. So Rickon in season one was like this small, small kid, right? Yeah, and then we don't. He's the youngest child. Yeah, so he was just really the forgotten. He is completely the forgotten brother. Yeah, even still forgotten. And he forgot how to zigzag. He would be still alive, maybe, but maybe just one spin move or something. I kind of wish they would have kept him alive. I don't. I know they just kind of wanted to get because he wasn't much of a character. But what was the point of bringing? Just to make you wonder, you know? Oh, what's Rickon gonna do? I think he might have a more interesting storyline in the book, but who knows? Um, they're so far behind book-wise now. Anyway, so Arya then gets the dagger, like we said, then pops over. To, well, Bran and Podrick have a little thing where Podrick sleeps. Good job. Lady Stark would be proud. Bran's like, well, I didn't really actually do anything here. So, would you be? 
He's like, oh, whatever, I'll take some credit anyway. Yeah. But then Arya comes up, wants to practice sparring with Brienne, Baelish, and Sansa are looking overhead on a little balcony that they like up there. That was a cool scene. Yeah, we didn't really see uh, Arya with a sword in a long time. Not really. I mean, yeah, before she went to Bravo, she'd always be practicing with her needle sword there. And like, yeah. when she was at the Hound and stuff, he caught her practicing. So I guess she did practice, but yeah, then she's did all finally get to see it. Very cool. I enjoyed that. That was a really cool scene. Uh, she gets kicked, which I thought was cool. Then she gets back up. She does a little, a little spin move back up. Or yeah, like one of those jumps back up that everyone wants to be able to do. That's cool. Yeah, I want to learn how to do that. Yeah. Come on. I want to practice Teach that. me, are you? Yeah. Yeah, I like her smile on her face, too, when she like sticks the dagger up. Either. Yeah. She's like, and yeah. then uh, <laughs> Brienne is very impressed. Uh, um, yes. Uh, well, why not? We got a close-up of Sansa right after that being very jealous of her siblings again. Yeah. Uh, just kind of looking like, what am I going to do now? Like, I need to have a talent. I don't, yeah, is it just you or is it, and maybe it's part of it, but like also, I, I think she's just straight up concerned. Like, uh, she didn't realize that Arya was serious about all this killing people. Like, she was laughing it off at first. Yeah. Then Bran says that the list is a real thing, and she's like, hmm, okay. Then she sees what Arya can actually do. Yeah. Because yeah, Sansa knows Bran is no slouch, you know, in fighting, so... I want to know your thoughts okay. on where this is headed. We can see well, Arya is a great little fighter. You Where's mean where it's going? headed with the two sisters, specifically, or just uh, Arya? No, just Arya. Well, I do think Old Baelish is in big trouble at this point. If he was smart, he would conceive of a way to get out of Winterfell, but I don't think that's going to happen. Who knows if Bran knows what he did or not. Assume that he could find out at least easily. Arya's already side-eyeing him. If we recall, also, she saw him at Harrenhal with Tywin and, and back in season two. Right. When Arya was pretending to be, like, a random girl and was the cupbearer for Lord Tywin. Yeah, tense, so, very tense scene. And we that. didn't know then if Baelish recognized her or not. Obviously, didn't. And we know at this point that he didn't. Yeah. Maybe, is he now realizing that? Who knows? But, um... He's in trouble, I think. I think Arya's going to end up killing him by, season, by the end of the season. I think... Okay. Unless they surprise him with something, which I don't really think is going to happen, though. But I, then further on with Arya, maybe... I mean, she's got this flaring steel dagger now. Maybe she... They haven't really also told her about... That we saw on camera, at least, told her about the whole White Walker situation. So maybe she'll want to do something with that. I, I don't know. What, what do you got to say? My thought with that... Okay, I agree with the little finger thing. I think she's going to mess with him. I think Bran, too. I think maybe the two of them might even work together to get rid of Littlefinger, hopefully. But beyond that, just the way that she was fighting kind of... She's small and jumps around. Almost reminded me of maybe Oberyn with a sword. Right. Well, yeah, it's, it's the whole thing of, like, you fight without a lot of armor, you're more of the agile, quick type of thing. Yeah. So, oh, I see what you're saying. So, like, it's kind of like Oberyn. Brienne is, like, a standing for the mountain, kind of. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, I don't exactly see where you're headed with it. The mountain. I oh, she's, she's going to fight the mountain. mountain. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Even though I want to see, uh, you know, the Clegane I still think ball. it's got to be Clegane Ball, yeah. Yeah, but... Uh, I don't know, this kind of jumped into my thoughts about that, and I think maybe Arya's going to try to get... Interesting. That's yeah, interesting. He's, he's on her list. Here's something I just thought of, actually. A lot of people have this theory that Arya could kill Cersei with Jaime's face on, meaning he would have to be dead, obviously, which I don't... That's why I don't like that. If a Jaime kills Cersei, I think it should be the real Jaime. But if Arya is the one to kill Cersei, what if she kills Littlefinger and takes his face... And then, like, that's how she gets in with, like, a meeting to Cersei and then kills her with... And then whips off the little finger face and it's Arya or something. Yeah, I think little finger would be a great face for whatever Arya needs to do. But yeah, she could probably do he a needs, lot of She sees him and she says, I, that face, I want that. <laughs> I want to be creepily whispering into people's yeah, ears. <laughs> with, like, a little mustache-type situation. Yeah. But in terms of the rest of the season, it does seem like... He's in trouble up there, Arya. There's probably some initial friction between Arya and Sansa coming. Yeah, Arya's back in the mix. She's going to stir things up. Definitely. And Bran's chilling. All right, so there was no other real scenes we didn't get to yet other than the whole battle in the Reach, right? Well, Cersei was in it a little bit, talking to that banker, but that basically leads into they're saying that we need this gold up here. Yeah, that, and then they want her to uh, take out some more money from the Iron Bank. 
Right. Well, that's what she wants them on their side anyway, to, just to get more money, to get more soldiers. Yeah, she says something about, like, I need some things that I want back. I don't, I don't exactly know what she's talking about. Yeah, I'm not sure. The, that's a... The North, maybe, I don't know. Tyrion, I don't know. So, let's first talk about this gold, because I was... I ended up watching this episode twice, and there's something I didn't catch in the first one. And it was kind of based on a preconceived notion I have. Like, I, I said last time, I, the battle's going to take place. So you kind of, could kind of tell it was from the, the preview. Yeah. So I was thinking the gold's getting destroyed by the dragon fire, or just the, Jamie's not going to be able to get the gold back to King's Landing. Which I thought is what happened after I watched it the first time. When I watched it the second time, I noticed that there's a quick scene with Randall Tarley where he says, like... The gold should be going back through the King's Landing gates right now. Because initially they show it in the wagon at the beginning of the episode. Right. It's like the opening scene. Jamie and Brown are talking. I want more money in castles, whatever. Then later on, though, there's a scene where Randall's entirely saying this. So I think that's saying that the gold... Cersei was able to get the gold, and she is going to be able to pay off the Iron Bank, even though all this... Later we see the dragon destroying all these other... Like the food and everything, which is kind of fucked up, but... Yeah. So did you even notice this at all? I didn't notice that. I only watched the episode one time. I do want to watch it again before the next episode. Yeah. But um, I don't think I... Yeah, I didn't really catch that. Mm. So I was wondering, though, why... If it is true that the gold didn't make it back to King's Landing, I was wondering why they would narratively do this. Because I figured, you know, ruin Cersei's plan. Cersei's been winning a couple. Now Danny comes in for this victory. Obviously, it's a bad loss for your Lannister soldiers here, Cersei, but... As we know, they get a lot of them get burned up oh, or killed yeah. by the Dothraki. Why are they letting her get this money? If that, if I'm correct, and they did do that, the only thing I could think of was when Cersei was saying, "I need to get a few things back." She was saying she wants the money to hire the Golden Company, right? Which is a sellsword group from Essos. Right. So maybe they're they're gonna have her able to pay the bank off, so she actually is gonna bring up bring this Golden Company over, and that's how she's gonna get more soldiers. It's the only thing I can think of why they would do that. That's a, a good, probably a good guess of, uh, of why. I don't really know. I would think in this situation, Danny's going to take this gold. She obviously must know what's going on, and she's not going to just kind of jump in there. And I think that we're not giving Danny enough credit of maybe does she have kind of an ulterior motive or more of a plan that appears in this episode? Because she well, just appears like she's be? angry. You know, I don't know. I don't think anyone knows yet. But I think we might find out. Because it was a really ballsy move, what she did. Even though, you know, you come with a dragon, you know, you got a lot of, a lot on your side. Yeah. Uh, I think that maybe there was something behind this. I don't know what. Just kind of get that feeling. Okay. So, well, we can kind of set it up a little bit more what happened. So, well, there's a, scenes with Jamie and the Tarleys and... Dickon Tarly, as we mentioned, he got his first battle in off screen before, but it's kind of like I was killing my own friends, kind of. That's yeah. fucked up. It smelled like shit. Yeah, people are shitting all over. And he's like, Bron's like, yeah, fancy boy, that's what happens. Also, on, th- on the Twitter memes, ladies on Twitter, I noticed, were hot for uh, Dickon Tarly there. They were feeling him. Oh, yeah? So, uh, I don't know if, what's maybe, going on with maybe his storyline. His, his name just kind of, you know, him subliminally. I don't know, I think they like the actor. Yeah, so Bron is doing all everything as usual. <laughs> he gets stuck doing everything. So that yeah, that you hear I mean the Lannisters, come on, Jamie, get like you you had made good battle plans last time. Why don't you have scouts out scouting for these Dothrakis? Just they're just gonna come across the country and sneak yeah. up on you. Yeah, Dragon is one thing, it's hard to see that one coming. I mean maybe you could see that scouting for that too as well. It's flying up but but it could get there quicker. But this Dothraki it had to take them up. Even on their fast horses, it'd take them a couple of days at least to get to meet them over here. Oh yeah. Also, I want to mention right here. How did Tyrion get there? That's yes. I was going to bring that up as well. Yeah. The only possible explanation is that he got on the horse with one of the Dothraki guys and was like riding side saddle with him, or you know, was yeah. riding on his back. But you, you know, it's you the only possible think, explanation. You got to think like, all right, it's Tyrion. He's like not quite a Dothraki. Is he going to be able to ride with them? Like into battle like that is he gonna be able to handle that i don't really think so i don't know and also you know it, it seemed like Tyrion wasn't obviously when he sees jamie he's really not happy he doesn't want jamie to get killed yeah but also even before he saw jamie i did kind of get a look from his face like he was like oh like those are his people the lannisters even though he's against them now 
Yeah, it's, it's definitely tough to just turn around. He, and Eddie right, sees him being ball. like brutally slaughtered, you know. So it's. Do you think there's any regret from Tyrion here or what? Oh yeah, yeah. We definitely see it when he's, you know, he's saying, "Oh, you, you idiot," you know. That was, but that was to Jamie specifically. But, but do you mean like, is there regret and as a whole for uh, from Tyrion? You think about what's happening to the Lannisters here? Maybe a degree of it. I think Tyrion is could be a relatable character in this. He's human. He's. You know, he completely switched sides of where he was, and and most out of hate for his sister though and father, we killed. But. Yeah, but he, you know, him and Jamie had this special thing. I don't know. I think that he's he's having a tough time with it, but he can't really stop it. I guess is that the only reason, just for a dramatic effect, why he was here at the battle anyway? Because realistically, why was he there? Yeah, I I think it was just maybe for that reason. Or do you think like because we see what happens to Jamie at the end of the episode? Um, well, I'll get back to that in a second. Remind me if I forget. But like, some maybe how Jamie can get out of whatever's going on. But um, so with Jamie though, he's O'Brien uh, tells him like, just you don't have to stay here. Like you're a commander, not a fighter, or whatever. But he he refuses to leave the battle. He puts Bron on uh, scorpion duty. Even with Bron, I'd be like, eh, screw it. At this point, I'm out of here. If I was Bron, but uh, yeah. but he does yeoman's work. Dickon gets a save in on Jamie. I think right. Yeah, he pushed him, right? Uh, pushed someone out of his way or killed someone that was about to kill Jamie, I think. Oh, no, you mean pushed very, him at the end? At the very end there. There's been some debate about that. We'll get to that. But Bron, uh, it was kind of like Battle of the Bastards and there's some of the shots of Bron, like he's like all, not disoriented, but like it's the camera's getting disoriented. There's people all around. Yeah, like just fire. making his way over there, everyone. That Dothraki cuts his horse's legs off. That was pretty crazy. Yeah, that was awesome. And, and then everyone uh, on fire was just very cool. It was a cool shot that when Bran used the first dragon vault on the Dothraki that was chasing him, but yeah. ultimately it was probably a waste of that oh, yeah. weapon. But if he couldn't have reloaded that quickly enough, yeah, it was lucky he could. Uh, that would have been a, a real stupid thing to look back at. <laughs> yeah. And then he does end up injuring Drogon or, or sticking one in him, but uh, yeah, and gets out of the way. So okay, well, let's talk about it then. This was a great episode. I agree with you. It's probably one of the best of the series. I can't call it perfect, though, because I do feel like... We haven't seen the complete fallout, obviously. From the, it kind of ended on a little cliffhanger. Yeah. I think that was Bron pushing Jamie and not Dickon. I saw some people saying both. Okay. We don't know if they're de- dead or alive or not. Jamie seems to be sinking to the bottom of water. Also, it was pointed out that like he's like riding in shallow water with the horse, and then all of a sudden he gets pushed, and it's like deep, yeah. eight-foot water. Endless. Um, but, like, he's wearing plated armor. Someone's going to have to get him out of there, even if he is alive still, which it seems like he is. That's yeah, what I was going to say about maybe Tyrion will run and jump in and get him or something. <laughs> I don't know, though. they got to show some explanation. I'll, but my knock on the episode is if it turns out that Bronn and Jamie are both still alive, which I'm going to say that they are. Agreed. Uh, I do feel like one of the other of them should have died. At least Bronn should have died. Even though I like that character a lot, I don't want him to die. The one knock on the episode for me is there for this whole battle, someone important should have died to make it more realistic or to make it give it more weight. It does feel like they're some of these characters pretty much have like what they call plot armor now, and they're you know. Yeah, I, mean? so, I don't think that Bron. Yeah, I I also like him a lot. I think that you're right. I think this could have been a place for him to die, and yeah. and Tyrion's even there watching. You know, before this battle too, I thought uh, Dickon was gonna die. I was like, sure thing, he's dead. Yeah. Right here. We didn't guy. really see if he did, did he. I assume he's not dead either. Randall Tarley, who knows about him, I, I assume he's not dead either since they didn't show it. Yeah. But I'm thinking with the Tarleys, the daddy's probably going to capture them or something. I don't know. But, yes, Bron is like, it's the whole flame shot. I don't know after he shoots Strogon. Like, he would have died easily there. Well, he gets a little yeah, jump and he's like, no, over so, like, that would have been probably what I, I would have had. He gets one ball to Drogon, looks like he's going down, but then Drogon gets the fire and kills him. That, that's how I would have done it. And then if yeah. Jamie needs to be saved, then you could have had Dickon and Tarly do it. Or a nice one would have been, you know, he's pushing Jamie out of the way. And, or, or he dies there. Fire. Exactly. Which maybe could have happened, we didn't completely see, but I just don't think it did. But maybe maybe it'll open up the next episode. Yeah, maybe around, they'll but. start with an overlap and kind of show a better camera angle. Uh, that'd be nice. Well, retroactively, I'll take I'll take away that that knock on the episode if in episode five that's what happens. Even right. though, like I said, I don't want Brian to death. Like he's a very entertaining character, but yeah, he's got just, some you know, weight here. He had his time of being right. awesome, and uh, sorry, Brian. Oh well. 
But yeah, Lannister, yeah, that's a, a bad way to go for a lot of these soldiers getting cooked alive. There. Oh yeah. Real quick also with Bronn. Now he's against Tyrion in this, uh, you know, just a quick little point there that I want to point out. You know, they used to be real good friends. Right. So Nothing else to that. Just Well, I do think... So what do you think about the whole... The Lannister brothers with their friend Bran Going forward, if we're going to assume Jamie, which I am definitely assuming Jamie won't drown at the bottom of this lake or be dead here, it seems like Tyrion will probably try to get Jamie on his side out or something like that. And maybe yeah, maybe yeah, through Bran they'll be like, come on, we'll just that. all do it together. I could see that maybe happening and then Jamie being an inside man for them in some way. That could actually be, That'd be interesting. really interesting. But would Jamie go along with that? I don't really see that he would. Yeah, point. and then could we trust him because he's in love with his sister? Damn it, Jamie. Get out of there. Man. Yeah, come on. Think, me, think with your head. Maybe I almost wish he does die here because I don't want any more Cersei action from Jamie. I think Jamie gets out of the water but he loses another hand to a big fish. <laughs> that would be pretty good. I'll take back my knock in the episode, too. They don't have to kill him, but if he loses another hand to a big fish... Yeah, he learns to use his sword with his feet or his mouth or something. Oh, yeah. Well, that would definitely be good, Chris Grage. I, I do agree. He should be down another hand. Yeah. Or maybe... <laughs> and that's another thing weighing him down, is apart from his armor, is his fake golden hand. Is yeah. He's, yeah, he's got on the bottom of the lake there. Yeah, I mean, it would be funny if Tyrion jumps in and gets. He should at least lose that hand, if anything. I'm sure. Yeah, that, that's got to be out. Also, back to the battle. I feel like we're a little desensitized, just being that it's 2017. But and dragons are flying over all the time, cooking people. Yeah, but it was really cool to see like all these people. Uh, I'm pretty sure that a lot of them were stuntmen, actually on fire. Oh, like uh, the extras and everything. Just kind of They're running around, yeah. yeah. You don't really think about that when you're watching it because you're so swept up in everything going on. But when you really look at it, these people are like, you know, sitting there on fire. And if it if it wasn't real, that was great CGI because yeah. now some of that had to be real, you're right. Uh so great job to shout out to the stuntmen really uh risking their lives for our entertainment. Yeah, thank you, stuntman. I know uh, this is a show I don't watch, um The Walking Dead, but apparently a, a Walking Dead stuntman died a couple months ago. Really? Doing a stunt? Yeah. Wow. Oh, no, he died of a, you know, car accident, unrelated. Oh. <laughs> yeah, doing <Ooh>. the show. <laughs> okay. No, yeah, he, he, like, fell off a building to film in the show or something, yeah. Jeez. So it's possible to uh, lose your life over this for entertainment's sake. Yeah, I mean, it would be bad if he was kind of dressed like a zombie already. It pro- I assume he was. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Like I said, I don't watch the show, but it was as a stuntman, so he's either a zombie, I guess, or... A stuntman for one of the yeah. human characters, but these shows go all out now. They really don't yeah. spare any uh, expense when it comes to these action scenes. I appreciate it. And we've been talking about we weren't on our episode where we talked about the the season preview, but um, from watching the preview before the season started, we were saying how much battles it was showing, how many battles it seemed to be in this season. So we've already seen this. Do you think this is the biggest one? Or I was thinking that we still. Um, one up north too, based on the trailers. Like there should be a snow battle as well, as a, a nice battle as well as a fire. I think uh, I think we might get a tease of that. I think it's going to be real tease. It's going to be the beginning of uh, some sort of ice White Walker battle, and then we're going to just say, "Hey, see you in like three years for the next season." For the final season. Yeah, All we need to wait years. for you know the perfect weather to film, and it actually took a decade. So here's the last season, guys. <laughs> and uh, it'll be, you know, we'll have time to look forward to it. I guess so, man. Maybe the next book will be out by then. No, that's not realistic. That won't come out in under, no, no, that's under gonna, ten more years. Yeah, that's gonna be released uh, posthumously in yeah, oh, two thousand five hundred. Two thousand five hundred. I had a, a a note that I wanted to bring up. Hit me with that note. So, this is backtracking completely off the battle scene here. Okay. Going back to Danny and John. So, all this talk about bending the knee, mm-hmm. and all this talk about Danny and John, you know, possible budding relationship of sorts. What does she mean by bending the knee here? Is That's... this a forced proposal? Oh, okay. I see where you're going here. So, there, yeah, there's a couple different uh, ways to take it, I guess. You're saying that she might want to consolidate power by marrying the 
guy. Yeah. Getting the knife that way somehow. And she saw the dragon glass. She said, okay, I want a dragon glass ring. And this is it. And I want you to draw pictures of us in these walls together. Uh, and we're going to get married and we'll just live here, you know. And then maybe Danny, married life, will then forget about wanting to be the queen of everything and just kind of settle uh, settle down. So it's not, it's not, because I would, uh, naturally in the story, you'd think marry for the power, you know, brilliant, bringing families together. Yeah, I got different countries together. That. But you think it's going to be, she really just wants to settle down. She in wants the to settle down, you know, married life is going to change her a lot. You know, it's going to be a lot for John because she's got three kids. Yeah, and they're uh, not the most well-behaved. They're, they're fiery. Well, it's a good transition to talk about the preview for... Uh, we're pleased with yourself there, huh, Chris? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm smiling from ear to ear right now. Uh, okay, so, but it's a good transition to see the, the episode preview. Did you watch that for the season, I mean, the episode five preview? I did, but, I did. I, I saw it uh, once, but I, you know, I didn't uh, see any, like, breakdowns of or anything, yeah. so... Well, there wasn't too much in it, but the, the one thing to point out, the one thing of note to point out what we're talking about, it seems like John is going to get directly introduced to uh, Danny's favorite child next week. You kind of see his shadow for riding up on Drogon, and then it seems to be looking right down at John, and so I think we're going to get some of that interaction. Yeah. So one would assume that the dragon will be cool with him, since he really is a Targaryen, and uh, Danny will be even more wanting to propose or something at that point, probably. Oh, a, a proposal on a dragon? That could be as well. It'd take a, It's like a magic carpet ride, but a little yeah. dragon ride. A thought I have maybe in the future idea, dear Danny, you know, uh, maybe get some armor for the dragons. That's good. That's Maybe she'll think of that now that she saw that it did get pierced by that arrow thing, the, the yeah. scorpion, although she has seen it get hurt before, so. Yeah, I think Drogon's okay, but, uh, you know, don't forget about this. I still want to know if she can really control the other two dragons. See, obviously, we didn't see them come into battle with her. She can't ride them all at once, but I don't know if she's ever ridden either of the other two, but um, can she control them, or would they just go hog wild out? Yeah. I think maybe they have other riders that can control them. She's not the uh, mother of all dragons, maybe. Okay, know. interesting. Well, she could be the mother of all, but... Yeah, get she's some mom, surrogate, she's... surrogate riders. Yeah, it's like, you know, when you get a uh, family pet... And maybe the mom is the one feeding the dog, but then, you know, one of the kids plays with the dog all the time, so the dog uh, is really fond of one of the kids. Okay. So you're uh, just like, you, the kid just wants to enjoy the dog, have fun with it, doesn't want to feed it and walk it and all this stuff. Right, right, but the dog That's going to be John coming, in, John coming in, like, I yeah. just want to play with the dragon and take it out for a spin. I'm not taking right. care of this thing. So, yeah, that, exactly. That's the metaphor. Uh, that I'm going with. I'm sticking with it. Okay. I like it. Well, uh, any other predictions for next episode or the rest of the season? Let's see. Uh, maybe, you know, possible some more Mets players maybe break out into a baseball game. <laughs> Do you, wait, did we see um, uh, Syndergaard die in this one? <laughs> I didn't even notice that he was in it. I didn't know. I d- did you, yeah, there was a little screenshot I someone put online. I if I watch it. again, I'll probably catch Apparently it. Apparently, I didn't even know a, to look for he it. He was like an ar- uh, not an archer, but like an uh, he was Spearman. The, the Lannister army? Yeah, Spearman. Or maybe Tarlac. That makes sense. The way he looks. You know, he looks like he would be uh, maybe even a Lannister. Well, do you, is he a secret Lannister? Is he? Is he uh, Noah Lannister? Could be. <laughs> what happens, like, Cersei ends up getting killed by Arya or Jaime or whoever. Jon Snow and Danny just decide to have a quiet retirement into the cave. No one left to rule the land. Here comes Noah Lannister. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it. Another thing I want to touch on, uh, the drawings in that cave. I think we kind of glossed over it a little bit. Okay. We need to fly in, fly out a dragon for Sam to fly in and decipher these drawings, because I think these drawings might be the secret to the White Walkers. Okay, well, it did seem like John felt that he was deciphering them, right? Because he's like, the, those are the first men and the children, and then they fought together against these White Walkers. What do you think, that it's more complicated than that? Yeah, I think there was a lot more pictures there that weren't as obvious. Like, when it came to the White Walkers, those are, like, really good those drawings are, of them. Or the, those are, like, I, I saw some people saying, like, wait a minute, did John, how long has John been in this cave? Did he just draw those himself to try to convince him? They weren't that, I mean, they, they were... Like, you know, if you, if you just had a rock and you're just doing it, I'd say that's pretty good drawing, okay? Uh, the <laughs> other like, thing... Wait, but there's, the, some, <laughs> there's some Crayola chalk over here on the ground. 
the other things were kind of more vague. It was just like a circle or like some lines. And uh, I think that, you know, maybe this is like a um, some sort of way to figure out what to do when the White Walkers come. Interesting. So maybe... Sam will co- Sam is gonna get a, a express dragon delivery. He's gonna, yeah, they're gonna say, hey, Sam, get chauffeur in. You know, we'll get a nice strong dragon for you to sit on. We'll strap you in real tight, and uh, just close your eyes. And then when you get here, let us know everything we got to do. And then Danny's gonna say, thanks, Sam. You know, you know, go read your books now. We're gonna just win this and get married. And mm-hmm. and you oh, know. you can come be the best man at the wedding. Yeah. All right, fine, fine. We can keep him. And I, and I think Jorah's gonna come back. Maybe, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe not next Ooh, episode. Yeah. But he's got a show, Brad. Yeah. And Danny's like, uh, "You're the Brad's man. <laughs> <laughs> you're my you're my maid of honor, Jorah. <laughs> Sam, you're the the groomsman. Then no, let's do it." And Jorah will reluctantly accept. Oh, he'll be wearing that dress. Yeah, he'll he'll actually excitedly accept, but he'll have this face like during the ceremony that's just kind of like, oh, "I wish it was me." Damn. I wish I just, wish I just had the balls to, to ask. <laughs> <laughs> and Dion's there in the crowd, like, hey, don't ask me. I don't know what this is about. I got nothing. I got none to spare. They don't know why I'm in this episode, but they're paying me, so. Oh man. All right. Well, I guess that should do it, unless there's anything else you want to touch on. But, I think uh, I think I'm good. I think yeah, we we knocked it out on the council today. We we don't need uh, all these hands and and other. Uh, whispers and um, yeah, what are they? treasures and such. It's a hand anyway. You need ships and you need a king. Yeah. That's and, all you need. And speaking of the, of the ships, though, I'm going to probably take a page out of old Cersei's book here. I'm going to need you to pop in those ships and um, sail out and find me this golden company because, like, Cersei thinks she's going to get it, right? Who right. knows who else thinks. I want to contract these bad boys to, to do some damage for me. So I'm going to need you to go out to Essos uh, really get a good pitch going um, for why I'm the best king, and they should come take my money. And um, so once, yeah, once Ladyfinger gets me the money for the coffers, that can go to the Golden Company. They can win my battles because there's a, there's several fronts I'm looking at right now. So, uh, do you think you can ha- handle that, Chris Greyjoy? Yeah, I mean, I'll probably have to flesh out some of the reasoning of why you should be the king. You know, I know that you are the king of, uh, you know, the pod, of the pod, yeah, of the pod. And why that should be, uh, what your claim is uh, to to all this. So, I mean, we'll flesh that out. I'm sure we'll figure something yeah, out. Well, you'd better, yeah. Yeah, uh, just get a, a good selling point and just go with it. I hope it's more convincing as well than your selling point of your gift for me here. So. Yeah, I, I hope so, too. Well, this is the only <laughs> gift I need. Give me that golden company. And in the meantime, we'll be back next time for more Small Council Podcast on Brooklyn Rebound Network. For Chris Greyjoy here. It's your boy, the king of the pod, Drew. Everyone enjoy more Game of Thrones action. Subscribe to Brooklyn Rebound Network podcast. And we're up out of here. Peace, Valhar, Dohera. Mm-hmm.